If you are listening to this episode, that means you are subscribed to Patreon at the $5 and above tier levels. And this episode is a thank you for your generous support. In this month's regular Patreon bonus, our story took place in South Orange County, California. So for this episode, I wanted to bring you a different kind of story from the same general area. We're going from a deadly obsession to a case about two ambitious young men who saw a chance to take advantage of an opportunity to make a lot of money along the affluent coast of Southern California. This is the tale of business and betrayal, the vanishing of Chris Smith. You may or may not have listened to the other episodes that I uploaded on Patreon for this month, the tale of when he wore his psycho shirt. But the woman at the center of that story lived in Laguna Beach, California. And when I read that detail, Chris Smith's story automatically popped into my mind because that's where he lived too. I wanted to do this story several years back, but things were still unfolding. But now, for the most part, the case has just about reached its conclusion with the exception of one thing. And we'll get to that. Chris Smith has such a generic name, it was really hard to do any actual searching about him. But if you find articles specifically about this case, then you can mostly fill in the blanks about who this young man was. He did live in Laguna Beach, and he very much enjoyed water sports of all kinds, especially surfing, water skiing, and wakeboarding. Originally from Santa Cruz, California, which is also a beachy community, it's about 400 miles or 650 kilometers north of Laguna Beach and about 40 minutes or so south of San Jose. He moved down south for business opportunity. So being around the beach was something that was second nature to Chris. Coming down to Laguna was a big move, but basically it was the kind of area that wasn't all that unfamiliar to him. He was used to being near the water. Whatever Chris was going to do, wherever he was going to go, there had to be an ocean nearby. When he was a kid, Chris nearly became a professional wakeboarder, but those plans were sidelined due to injury. Fortunately, Chris had so many other passionate and enterprising qualities about him that finding another direction to go in life was not going to be a challenge. He was bright, intelligent, innovative, clever, ambitious, and it didn't hurt that the man was easy on the eyes, too. The move to Orange County was the perfect place for him to not only be able to stay near the ocean and the sand, but he also felt like it was the place where he would be able to develop and build a career in the technology industry. So people need not be fooled by Chris's overall laid-back surfer guy vibe. He was very focused and passionate when it came to finding success in his professional life. In an April 2018 article in GQ written by James Vallajos, which is a really good article that I'm going to reference several times throughout, in regards to how Chris went from wakeboarding to businessman following an injury that ended his professional wakeboard dreams, it stated, 
When a rich friend told Chris that he owned a warehouse full of unwanted junk, Chris came up with the idea to start selling what he could at a flea market. While hardly the seeds of the next Google, the business inspired Chris to launch a site called localprofit.com, a search engine for wholesale shoppers that at its peak in 2006, netted Chris $72,000 in a single month. Around the same time, Chris also created a social network for surfers called Sweldster. The site never got much traction, but pursuing tech riches spurred Chris to move to Southern California and to start making connections in advertising and marketing. Finally, in 2008, Chris met a man named Ed Shin, who would become his business partner and the missing key to the fortune that Chris sought. Chris found that he had a great deal of strength, know-how, and understanding in what is referred to as lead generation in the field of technology. I'm not a very businessy person, so I had to look deeper into what all of that entails. According to an article I read in a blog on HubSpot.com, lead generation is the process of attracting prospects to your business and increasing their interest through nurturing, all with the end goal of converting them into a customer. Some ways to generate leads are through job applications, blog posts, coupons, live events, and online content. When a stranger initiates a relationship with you by showing an organic interest in your business, the transition from stranger to customer is much more natural. Lead generation falls within the second stage of inbound marketing methodology. It occurs after you've attracted an audience and are ready to convert those visitors into leads for your sales team. So yeah, that doesn't sound fun to me at all in terms of our little podcast here. If you find it, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. I'm not exactly that person who is going to go out there and try to woo you into loving it. It's just not my thing. However, this is the space where Chris thrived. Much of the following information also comes from court documents related to this case, which provide a very detailed timeline of the events surrounding the company that Chris and Ed would eventually form. So it was in 2006 when Chris made the move from Santa Cruz to Laguna Beach. He began working for LeadPoint, a lead generation company, which are companies at that time were providing advertisements to television networks or radio stations to generate consumer responses. The consumer who responds to the commercials is the lead and the company that responds to the customer's needs are the buyers. In 2008, Ed Shin began working for Lead Generation Technologies or LG Technologies from this point forward. His job was to manage a new category of advertising leads to real estate mortgages. Ed had access to the leads and the revenue generated from those leads. He worked with Jennifer Osborne of RevShare, which is owned by the same person who owned LG Technologies, and LG Technologies sold leads through LeadPoint, which is where Chris worked, and it was during this time when Ed and Chris became acquainted. At some point, Chris left LeadPoint 
and began working for LG Technologies. So he and Ed went from being acquaintances to becoming co-workers and friends. In that GQ article that I just referenced, it compared Ed Shin to Michael J. Fox's Family Ties character Alex P. Keaton and Chris Smith to Sean Penn's Fast Times at Ridgemont High character Jeff Spicoli, stating, Ed was the Alex P. Keaton to Chris's Spicoli. Growing up in conservative Orange County, Ed had played the violin in high school, joined the key club, and had been on the golf team. Unlike Chris, who struggled through high school and never went to college, Ed graduated from the University of California, San Diego in 2001 and was the president of the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity. The brooding, handsome Chris cycled through girlfriends while Ed was a married father of eventually four and an active member of a Christian megachurch. Chris traveled light and he wore white undershirts as his uniform. Ed strutted about in suits or designer jeans. For all the apparent differences, the two were alike in at least one profound way. As Ed would later recount, we were very ambitious and wanted to make a lot of money. To hear the rest of this story, you can subscribe to California Dreaming's Patreon starting at the $5 level. In addition to this case, it will unlock dozens of episodes that you won't hear anywhere else. Just follow the link in the show notes to join, and not only will you enjoy the perks of our entire back catalog of episodes, but you'll also receive a thank you card from me and a handful of stickers and other gifts for your patronage. Thanks for listening.